Welcome back to another episode of Media Rewind on the Boom Howdy Entertainment Network. Boom Howdy. I am your host, as always, Dustin P. And on this episode, we talk AMC's Into the Badlands, Chapter 18, entitled Moonrises, Raven Seeks. <laughs> but that caca you heard in the background is, as always, my ho- my co-host, Genius McGee. Genius, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Feeling raveny. You kind of took me by surprise there. I was <laughs> trying to figure out what the hell that was. <laughs> but for the sake of brevity, we are covering this in, in kind of like a 30-minute snippet. So we dive straight into spoilers. So mm-hmm. spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. You have been warned. Genius, what was your first take on this episode? This was an interesting episode. It had its ups and it had its downs. And then it had really weird things going on at the end. So... It's good. Once again, like when we did with the Talking uh, Walking Dead, it was good to have a episode show like this so we can talk about it because we just finished watching it again. It was an interesting episode. Yeah, that. Yeah, that's about all I can put there was, onto it. There was that, a lot going on. Yeah, there wasn't so much action as right. we've seen in some of the other episodes. Right. But what we did see was some kind of. Um, crazy backstory to some of the characters that we've been introduced to this season. And a lot of like mixing and pairing that I didn't really know and uh, expect, and a lot of new stuff about the pilgrims. Yes. Which, but. Or their pilgrim and his enclave. Yeah. So, um, where do you want to start? Shit. I would say we just start at the beginning. A, okay, um, cool. What we first see is actually the pilgrim coming across. Um, what we're assuming is like this castle or this fortified structure. <laughs> the Natural History Museum of Scotland. <laughs> I mean, pretty much that's what it was. I mean, it was yeah. an, it was just a natural history museum <clears throat> that the pilgrim and his his enclave and his the acolytes thought was this you know this second or this the first temple of Azra. Right, because they were called by Abaji. Right. So, fucking that is a fantastic lair. That is the coolest lair and the perfect thing for them because one, they're, uh, they have an armory with all those antique swords. Yes, they do. They have a, a, a weapon place. They have um, all sorts of stuff, a place where she can do her potions and shit. And um, dinosaurs. How fucking cool was that? Just to have like these big skeleton things fucking... Yeah, and and we see in that that little, I guess, the snippet of the pilgrim, Cressida, which is his high priestess, and then the acolytes, which are, you know, the warriors, the warrior class of this particular little subsection. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see that the acolytes are actually pretty wary and pretty... um, disbelieving of what they what they came to find well even before that you find out that one of them one of the main um ones is uh dying apparently yeah one of the the dark chi Mm -hmm. you know the dark powers okay so here's the question i thought they all had dark chi uh it's possible maybe they have like different types of magic or Uh you know uh, different types of skills because like she said like the dark ones the dark guide ones always die quickly or right they always live like short that. lives yeah so i thought all of them from azure had it but i guess they just have a better training program i or, guess yeah or something or maybe they do because we haven't because we don't know we, yeah we really haven't scratched the surface much with the pilgrim and, and his group right i mean so. we've, we've been given a couple short glimpses into what they do and <coughs> you know kind of how they do it uh but in regards to you know like really you know fleshing out a lot of their story we don't have a ton I yeah mean, granted we're only in the second episode of season three there's still a lot to learn there's a lot them. to learn there's a lot of um 
backstory behind why Baji called these particular people. Yeah, and Baji is was called the chosen one. Right. And so, but we'll get into that uh, here because before we get into Baji, but there was something interesting that a couple of questions that I want to pose about this one, about the relationships of the pilgrims, and maybe that you can, one, not a question, but a more, uh, I like the fact that the one girl one that looks like kind of like a panther or a snake or something in the green, usually mm-hmm. she's not like he is weak fuck him you know right I, i'm glad i'm glad like she's like look we can do this together you know i will eat his dark chi myself right yeah <laughs> this world has no place for weaklings you know just so i'm glad she's not going that route and they actually care about her and i'm about each other on like you know more than just like a warrior just stand. a war yeah a warrior right. spirit kind right. of deal and the fact that so does the pilgrim yeah because he's like really stressed out he's like hey you know um, he's not gonna, he's not gonna live long, and she's like, "That's your loss." Yeah, you and, know, and pets are gonna die, right? You know? His, high, it's his like, high priestess Cressida even says, "You know, they have short lives." You yeah, know, you have to prepare yourself for the inevitable. And that's another question I have about this episode about the relationship one. Now, when she said she was there when they found him and she nursed him back to health, that's more of like a mother son relationship, right? Correct. So. I'm just making sure I didn't infer that because I'm I'm jumping way ahead. But like I said, spoilers, right? I'm glad when they were doing the ritual for a second there, I thought it was going to take a very dark and creepy turn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, I was almost skeezed out. Like, don't do it, Badlands. Don't Game of Thrones it, please. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Right? So I'm glad it wound up being more like one for... Um, uh, ceremonial purposes mm-hmm. and two uh, for more like a mother and son type thing like hey it's okay you know I'm sorry you know with the whole kiss and yeah because uh, <laughs> don't don't worry genius it, it won't get, get weird. weird and it got weird it, it got weird got, didn't it it got really it got really weird shit <laughs> but like I'm glad. so <clears throat> the rich we'll come back to the ritual but yeah that I'm glad I'm I'm did you yeah. see that too? Yeah, I did. did. See, I, and did I mean, you... I was kind of skeezed out by it as well. Right? I mean, it was a little, it was a little disconcerting because I didn't know where they were gonna go. Yeah, because you, you had Cressida and the Pilgrim have this really close relationship, even since we've start, started to see them. Right. And then you're like, oh, are they brother and sister? Maybe or husband they, or the wife? Lovers, uh, you know, right. And then all of a sudden, you find out that Cressida nursed the Pilgrim back to health and knows what his bigger or his his other purposes now so and i'm inferring that it's she found him when they're a baby right or do you think when he was a baby yeah when he was a baby right, right? and my and so i'm yeah I'm, i because, heard that right because right if, if we're taking it literal what what the you know what cressida had told him was that she nursed him back to health when he was essentially just left as, as a sacrifice as, as, yeah so yeah so that's what i'm thinking then that's where i got the mother and son thing type vibe and so just to be like, <laughs> not, am- not amongst the dinosaurs, stop, you know? <laughs> but to jump back to the beginning of the episode, yeah. we see probably one of the coolest, like, I guess, interactions between Nathaniel Moon and MK. 
Yeah, go on. I know you and, really got to talk about. Oh, Nathaniel I do. Moon. I want to talk yep, about this. Yeah, you go. You go, dude. So now Nathaniel yes. Moon has agreed to become the widow's new regent because, <laughs> right. as we know, Tilda is now you know Iron Rabbit, Iron and Rabbit. she is gone. She's in Lydia's camp helping yeah. you know play the and, Robin Hood character, and we'll talk about her in a minute. Right. But let's go back to Nathaniel. So, as a present to her new regent, the widow has her best. Uh, sculptor mm-hmm. create this mechanized hand for Nathaniel Moon to replace the one that Sonny took. What did you think about it? I thought it was rad as shit. Me too. I thought that was that was easily probably if if this could have gone like in the seventies uh, when Enter the Dragon came out, that would have been Mister Han's hand, dude. It was dope when he turned it up and you and could had the, the butterfly, butterfly, but you could still see the gears and shit yeah. in there too. That was dope. And then he and she goes, and it also has darts and a blade. He's like, <laughs> and like perfect timing for MK to come and be a shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It, so, you know, the, the widow gives this to Nathaniel Moon because she wants him as his first mission as regent right. to go track down these people. But before we get to that, we get to an epic, just a, a small little snippet fight scene between Nathaniel Moon and MK. Mm-hmm. MK comes storming in on the widow and Talking is pissed. Shit. I want no, my opium. I want Fuck my opium. You, Why did you have your butterflies take my opium? And then talking shit. And then talking shit to uh to Nathaniel Moon called him, Oh fuck you, grandpa. You know, I was like, damn it, MK. You know, I was like, dude, all, you all I've got to your ass beat. No, dude. all I gotta say is honestly, between his training with, with Sonny, if MK had his dark chi back or had figured out a way to un- unlock his dark chi, Nathaniel Moon would have been dead. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. I mean, it, it, so I mean, and honestly, that that battle sequence that we see, um, well, but, it would have done. I don't know about dead. dead it would have been a great. Oh, fight he would have got the shit kicked out of him. Seriously, because MK got, damn near killed Sonny. Dude, yeah, at, but at the same time, Nathaniel Moon. Okay, Nathaniel Moon. He <laughs> he literally fought MK this time one handed. You know, right? He didn't use just use his metal hand. He didn't use any weapons. Just ting 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 block, and then pew pew pew. Right. I don't know. He, I don't know if it, if it came down to MK versus Nathaniel Moon, dude. I don't know. Finish him. Right? I think MK would have done it, man. I, mm. I really do. If he had his dark chi back, yeah. you know, how MK got his groove back. I mean, yeah. if he would have had that, I think Nathaniel Moon would have been in for it. But the, uh, dude, I don't know. Even if he had, even though he almost beat up Sonny, so did Nathaniel Moon. I mean, I think if anything, it would be a tie. Maybe Nathaniel Moon would knock MK down, knock him out of his dark chi, and be like, sit the fuck down, or well, something. Well, I mean, he already knocked him out. Yeah. I mean, he hit him with the bronze hand, you know, so. <laughs> I mean, that's that was really interesting to see that particular fight sequence, because, mm-hmm. you know, even as MK's getting little barbs at him, you know, calling him grandpa, this, that, and the other, and he goes, man, you got some moves on you, kid. Who that trained look? you? And he goes, the best clipper in the land. He goes, Sonny? And he kind of right? looks at the widow, and he's like, what the fuck? Right? <laughs> And you know, the widow's just like, uh, yeah. keep going. <laughs> Have fun. Keep him alive. But but let's just, for just a second, okay, so we've, we've seen a lot of, like, ancient weaponry in this show. Mm-hmm. We, we've seen crossbows. We've seen long swords. We've seen broad swords. We've seen this, that, and the other. We get a mechanized hand. A working hand with darts and a dagger. So a retractable when, dagger. So when, the, let me get this straight. Right. So when he... I, I guess uses the tendons in, a, in his former hand. He can shoot darts. Yep. And if he closes his fist, it becomes a, a dagger shoots out 
a la Wolverine, but only yep. one dagger. Yeah, that uh, is pretty badass. Assassin's Creed, dude. He's got exactly. a exactly, dude. He's like he's like a fucking badass Inspector Gadget, like Doctor Claw. I'll get you next time, Sonny. Next, next time. time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean that was just. I mean, to see that type of weaponry introduced, I mean, because, you know, just like you alluded to with, with Game of Thrones, yeah. we see Jamie Lannister, but he just has a, a, just a, a hand. Bonk. Yeah, yeah. Just a bonk. He bit. has a paperweight on his right arm. I'm well, you know what? We've already established this is way into the future. The rules don't apply. And people are flying around doing kung fu shit, like magical things are happening. It's just rad as hell. I'm I'm willing to suspend disbelief I, because it looks fucking dope. It looks cool as shit. I, I just think it's rad as hell. I mean, Me too. I, I just wanted to take a couple seconds to to shout out to the prop people it was and, cool, and the, the writers design. to be able to yeah. you know, say, you know, hey, this guy lost his hand. What do we bring him back with? I don't know. Let's give him a let's give him a hand with a big dagger and darts that shoot out of it. It's totally Army of Darkness. But it totally works. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. like, I people are like, "Oh, that's just a fucking ash weapon." Yeah, no, it's it's great. It's it still a, works. It's, it's a badass weapon. Mm-hmm. So we come to the the interactions between Sonny Baji and Lydia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sonny is trying to convince Baji to take him to the edge of the the Badlands. You know, through essentially the front, the 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 actual front of the war that's happening, mm-hmm. because he wants to try to get Henry you know cured of of his of dark, dark chi. chi yeah and, and lydia is going through and you know trying to tell him all all of this other stuff and you know baji doesn't want to do it he's like why are we going back to the front and then sonny just gives him the plea you know this is my son he will die if if we don't get him baji is like why would we go to the mad witch one she's mad two she's a witch three she's a mad witch yeah you know why <laughs> and, and those are the elements of this show that i mean a lot of people will see the, the the kung fu, the action sequences and whatnot, but it really it's overlooked by the the comedic pieces that they just kind of just they, they don't overdo throw in right. They, just, they, they don't overdo it at all, but they just kind of throw them in there. Yeah, just a little throwaway line, a little salt and pepper for the comedy. But so you brought up something interesting, and I didn't catch this, and I'm not a hundred percent sure. Is the uh, the Mad Witch uh, Cressida? Yeah. Ah, uh, it's it's a sneaky suspicion I might have just because. Are we you, in Conjectureville? Yeah, we we've got to be in Conjectureville, and I mean this might honestly go to be proven incorrectly. It's but still, it's interesting. But we see that the Mad Witch knows knows Baggy. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that knows Baggy. Baggy. Baggy knows of you know mm-hmm. the 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 witch, and he says that she's crazy. He also summoned the pilgrim, right? You know, at the end of season two, somehow, yeah. So, I mean, are we to assume that? I mean, I would like it to to be that way because I I think that Cressida in in her current state has a hell of a lot deeper story. Oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, she, just we're just two episodes. There's so much more to the pilgrims to explore. I mean, right? and not even necessarily to the pilgrims <laughs> or the Cressida pilgrim, herself, but Cressida herself as being this this like soothsayer yeah almost and she can yeah. see all these visions and you know what's going to happen and she can she can tell you know who has dark chi and you know th- this that and the other it's kind of interesting to see with that particular character because she doesn't really do much action you know she's more manipulative like a lady macbeth type yes thing. Yeah. yes exactly especially with the pilgrim himself mm-hmm. but she's proven i mean but she's proven that she can actually be one at least manipulative to to raise Pilgrim and have him cult of personality create this cult of for people and this whole guiding of Azra 
And um, going back to Baji, they keep talking about like the chosen one and or no, no, they keep saying somebody called us and we got to find who they did. And when he called them, he was calling Azra and he was saying that the Mad Witch is was her former master, his master. So maybe she does have the dark chi. Maybe she does have a. Maybe she knows how to harness it better than everybody else, because we've seen with the 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 pilgrim and his two warriors, uh-huh. we see that they have the ability to you know, turn it off and on like a switch, essentially. Yeah. And they have a way to control it, right? Because they didn't go just absolutely buck wild and you know start to fight the pilgrim at, at, during the last episode. Yeah, they're more trained, so, so they know how to focus it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in regards to like Sunny, Baji, and Lydia trying to find the Mad Witch, I thought that was really cool how they kind of brought everything back together because we know how these characters kind of interact with one another now is because. You know, Baji is now in camp with Lydia, who yeah. is Baron Quinn's widow. Mm-hmm. But we we now get that the reason why these characters are being drawn together is because Penrith, who is Lydia's father, Lance Hendrickson, mm-hmm. knew of the uh, of the crazy witch. Yeah, he. I mean, he knew of these stories and all of these tales that were told about her. Well, so I like the fact that they're drawing back the old characters that we're no longer going to see, mm-hmm. but they're they're giving it more of a backstory as opposed to just saying, uh, "Well, maybe our viewers will forget that Lance Henderson was in there for a while." Yeah, you know. So, and I think that would have been a complete throwaway if it wasn't. So, I don't know. What you got? Well, now that now that we know that, um, it's interesting to see that the interactions between Nathaniel Moon and Lydia now. Yeah. Yeah. And that was cool too, because I, I, I got a feeling that with this season, we're going to see more of that backstory mm-hmm. because we know that you, we know that all of these, these clippers and all of these forces kind of intermingled at one point, you know, but before this massive war, the previous lives. Yeah. And I've yeah. got a feeling that with, with what, a, what they have done with into the badlands and showing like, I guess flashbacks. Mm-hmm. I want to see more Lydia and Nathaniel Moon prior to Quinn being gone. Yeah, I want to see like, did he hire Nathaniel <laughs> Moon Pre- previously? Previously, <laughs> but even before, before hello we- genius, I am back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be awesome. Well, I do declare, who Nathaniel Moon keep your grubby mitts off my Lydia, my delicate flower, but um. That would be awesome to bring back Martin Sokus <laughs> in, in a flashback a young sequence. <laughs> well, no, just to bring him back in, in a flashback sequence to find out how Lydia and Nathaniel Moon, you know, interacted and mm-hmm. how they know of each other. Yeah, I was jumping forward in time. I was so hoping when MK had his dream that the woman, the man, that the guy that killed uh, his mom uh-huh. was, was Martin Sokus. Just to be like, my clippers will ride everywhere. <laughs> you know, just like, I don't know. I thought it was an interesting twist. But I really enjoyed this scene right before. We found out that uh, Nathaniel Moon and uh, Lydia used to be a thing. That scene where they're looking for everybody and everybody's trying to hide. Yeah. That was an intense scene. I really enjoyed it. I even like, when Sonny knocked down that thing, I was like, oh, you done fucked up now, Sonny. I was I was so glad they were gonna take a better error judgment and like hey let's get out of here now because if I but I so wanted to see them throw down all three of them just like taking on each other because now Badgie's on his his radar, Iron Rabbit slash Tilda is on his radar right. whether and they don't even know and right in front that was a good job of Tilda to step in like that 
and like, oh, hello, you know, I'm just a, I'm just an orphan. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just made cookies. <laughs> and then, like, she knows she's like a badass. Yeah, and I, I thought the the way that they kind of played that out. I mean, because we see Nathaniel Moon get sent to Lydia's camp to track down Iron Rabbit and Baggy, per <coughs> per request of the widow. Yeah. Little does he know that Sonny's in that same camp. So just like you said, man, some shit could have broke loose, and I think it would have been pretty epic. It would have been pretty. <laughs> but I did but... like I did like the suspense of seeing Sonny have to go back in and grab the sword because you know Sonny doesn't want to be defenseless. Well, not even that. That's a Daniel sword, right? So if he sees it in he there, Sonny knows. knows he's like, oh man, you done fucked up now. So I think Sonny was doing that as much to you know get himself his weapon back as you know as much as he was trying to save Lydia from, from the massive bloodshed that would have been caused right, because she would have died too yeah i mean there's a lot of people cuz not the, i'm not i'm sure all the butterflies are not crack shooters you know um it was interesting to also see that um Azra's real yeah that was super cool yeah like like they, they go into and, and we're kind of flipping around here um, we go back to like the pilgrim and the the pilgrims mm-hmm. that have come to this natural history museum, and they're in the gift shop. Yeah, and they're kind of looking through the dinosaur toys and everything. And, and the two the two assassins that the pilgrim has employed with the dark chi kind of start talking about you know what happened to the world before them, and they get a viewfinder. So you see them start flipping through. You know, you see the Statue of Liberty, you see the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. you see the the Taj Mahal, and then all of a sudden you see this just epic picture of Azra. Right. And like they they're completely dumbfounded. They're like, whoa, whoa what happened to these people before us? Exactly. And the last time we've ever heard that, we speculated that Azra's real because. Um, they were just the last thing was a magazine talking about the growing yeah. of it, like the possibility right. of it. And now that we know, it's a fucking uh, one of the world monuments. Yeah, and it was kind of like a World's Fair type of thing. Yeah. That we, the first time we saw it, it was like, come to the 1963 World's Fair. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the pamphlet. <laughs> to the periscopes. <laughs> but we come, but, Thaddeus. <laughs> <laughs> come see the first floating car. <laughs> but no, we, we see like a pamphlet that's like from an old school, like a World's Fair. Mm-hmm. And now we know this at some point between current day mm-hmm. and when Into the Badlands takes place, which is in the future, we know Azra is real and it's manifested in in stone and in actual artifact, right? But where could it be? And speculate and, and that where could it be in the world? And where could the pilgrims come from? Or a pilgrim came from? Because I thought they came from Azra. And so now like now that we know that they're hunting for Azure too, right? Where in the hell could Azure be? That's that's a very good question, man. Because we don't know where they came from. First yeah. off, so we don't know where they've been. Right. I you mean, and how many people have they decimated? You know. Yeah, along the way, mm-hmm. because that's what they're kind of like. They're just kind of like locusts. Yeah, join us you or know? die. Yeah, and, and literally, even if you're with us, you and and you dissent, you are toast. Pretty much blindfolded. Pretty much. Yeah. So, you know, some of the different interactions we, we've kind of covered, um, we, we need to jump back a little bit and go back to Lydia and the way that she handles Nathaniel Moon. Mm-hmm. You see that, you know, Tilda comes out slash Iron Rabbit come, and grabs Henry from her. And she wants to start fighting. I mean, that's that's Tilda's first instinct is to fight. She reaches for a dagger behind her and Lydia goes, don't fight, don't follow. Mm-hmm. Because she understands that she can handle the widow. Right. You know, Lydia knows how to play this game because 
She's Baron Quinn's widow. <laughs> yeah. She knows how to play the the game of all of these different companies. The game of Badlands. Right. Right? Because, you know, especially the Tilda didn't know where she was going to go. She didn't know what the hell she was going to do. Right? Especially if Tilda goes straight into the Widow's camp, then she's fucking toast. So she's like, no, you fucking stay here. Yeah. Yeah, So good play for for Tilda for listening. Because old Tilda would have been like, fuck this. Throw the baby up. And then, like, like, jump on the Start fighting Nathaniel Moon. Right? (laughs) Shut your mouth. So, <laughs> yeah, but that is that's that's awesome of her to actually show a little bit of faith in Lydia mm-hmm. because they have had this working relationship since the end of season two. Yeah, when Tilda was not excommunicated, but when she escaped the widow's camp. Yeah, um, and and she's been op- operating as like this Robin Hood esque figure of the Iron Rabbit. Um, but I I just thought that was a cool little tidbit that she tells <laughs> her, you know, look, you have to back my play. I've got this. Yeah, you know, I will talk to the widow. And then when she talks to the widow. Man, I, I like the way she goes, thanks, but no thanks. You know, yeah. I, I won't take my place back. You know, <laughs> the ghost of Quinn is in haunting the halls like, <laughs> boo, y'all. <laughs> but, you know, the widow even offers her a, a viceroy um, to, to tend over the poppy fields because she can't, she doesn't have the resources or the ability to manage yeah. this large of a community. I mean, because she has, she's taken over everything except for Madame Chow. Mm-hmm. You know, so th- this is what the warring faction is, and so I'm assuming that the widow is is fifty fifty split with Madame Chow, maybe maybe seventy five twenty five. But good for Lydia for being like, you know what, fuck you and your war. Yeah, you know? exactly. I don't want any part of it right. because all you're doing is giving me more headache and more refugees to take in. Right, and so I got to clean up your mess. So fuck you and fuck this war. I'm out. You know, <laughs> she kind of pulled the half bake. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You're, you're cool. Fuck I'm you. Out. I'm out. <laughs> so, but I, I, I did like, um, you see two of the stronger women characters that we've seen in the show, mm-hmm. you know, minus Vale, because I, I always did like Vale. Yeah. Um, I did too. I, I mean, I had some issues with some of the things she did, but at the, in the all run, I, I, I dug Vale. So, yeah. I thought she was a sweet and sincere character mm-hmm. that really gave a, a gravity to Sonny that, that brought him back to that he's not just a killer. Yeah, and I think that role has been filled with with Henry. You know that he has to protect Henry. Will be mine so. again. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, y'all! I will get him. <laughs> yeah, the, the ghost of Baron Quinn passed. <laughs> I'm telling you, it'd be great. So later on in the episode, we see MK fiending for heroin. Yeah, he, he actually gets one of the butterflies to get him some heroin, and he damn near overdoses. So, he does overdose. So He's the, deep. the big reveal of this episode, he somehow manifests himself into two personalities. Mm-hmm. Good, okay, and dark cheap, okay. And which they, go on, dude, I got it. And, and the way that they interact with one another, dark chi MK really forces like the the regular MK to come to grips with what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, he he tells him that you Save can't the- you can't kill me because it's selfish number 1 because I I'm part of you. I, I want to live too. Right. Stop trying to do this to both of us and the master is manipulating you. Right. So. And that's that's exactly what the the dark chi MK tells him. His subconscious is like, "Look, you're being manipulated." Mm-hmm. And Lo and behold, we see, uh, you know, the, the light side MK tells him, you know, look, I'm doing this because I killed my mother. Well, bum, bum, bum. We find out that he didn't really kill his mom. Yeah. Based on this vision, 
you see Quinn's clippers and you and I were watching the episode and I said, I was like, Oh shit, that's Quinn's guys. Yeah. And you see Quinn's guys coming through the camp and whatnot. And lo and behold, all you see is a spear come through MK's mom's chest. Who's on the other end of it. Sunny. Sunny. But the only thing I have a problem with that. Do you think that's a manipulation by the widow? That's the same thing I was going to say. That's the same thing. I was, Not necessarily by the widow. My question is, if the master manipulated him with by you seeing his dark chi, mm-hmm. how do we know that this is actually him, his dark chi being truthful? S- being truthful. We already know that the dark chi can be used to trick people. And the fact that you have to use like not even p- black tar heroin, yeah, red dragon opium. <laughs> right? Fucking <laughs> You got to almost die. To, you know what? But I guess at the same time, if you're on your own deathbed at that point in time where you're about to yeah, die. I, I mean, you're not even using black tar. I mean, you're using it's brutal. I mean, you're using pure like cartel poppy. You're just like just uh, just putting a poppy right into the vein. Just <laughs> And I mean, it, it's sad to see, you know, MK's descent into into this drug addled like, you know, life or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It's it's neat to see that his subconscious is trying to pull him out of this. No matter how fucked up and and you know twisted the the master kind of moved his dark chi around. Yeah, I mean it's interesting to see that the two sides of him. One side wants to die, the other side wants to fight. Yeah. So it, I I thought that was really cool the way that they decided to put that in the story. I did th- I, I thought so too, but I hope they don't make it hokier like they did in the first part of season two when it, they were they were on the mountain when they were in the mon- temple and, and fighting each other like that because the manipulation like that i it's fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame wait <laughs> all right george w bush <laughs> right we, 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 we all get fooled again no um what is it fool me once shame on me mm-hmm. fool me twice shame on you if they do it again where it's like I'll like okay, okay. I'll follow you in this story again. You're getting interesting again. Don't be a petulant shit again. You know. No, I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I think what a lot of his characters going through is the, just the fact. I mean, he has nothing to do. Yeah. I mean, with, with, <laughs> but do heroin. No, I mean, with the way that his character is being written for the just the first couple episodes of this. I mean, he is a prisoner, so we don't really have right. You know, any kind of. We don't have a, a war for him to fight. Yeah, I mean that's the, wi- true. the widow is trying to help. He's a caged well, animal. Basically, I take that back. The widow is not trying to help him. No, the widow is trying, trying to, to help, help herself. Her. Yeah. by unlocking him his dark cheat, so she can like because he's this ultimate like weapon of mass destruction, and she knows that. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really cool to see, like we we, we kind of alluded to, and and I not really forgot, but we forgot to throw it in the episode last week. Is that Henry has dark chi? Yeah, and that's the reason why they're trying to find the crazy witch. But we also find out that Sonny is a dark chi holder because Baji alludes to it. He that's goes, right. he goes, you know, it, the the dark chi comes from the mother and the father, and Vale wasn't known to have this, so that pretty much leaves you, Sonny. Yeah, you know, you you have to have this, and he kind of goes, well, I've never had one of these, you know, these these issues. I've never had this happen. Mm-hmm. So I think. Honestly, if if Sonny is a dark chi holder, the the game now darkness the tables have turned. Uh-huh. I mean because like, wow, 
The yeah. best clipper in the Badlands has dark chi. I, I kind of wish it was Vale. I kind of wish we see like the young Vale adventures where she's like, Bruh! where she blacks out, like fucking low life. Where she, and they think that, like everybody's dead. You know, just like. <laughs> Everything just goes like completely deafening, like <laughs> silent. Right. Arrgh! The legacy is all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I just, I thought that was really cool how they, they, brought Sonny back into it mm-hmm. and gave him even a, a deeper story than what he's already got. But, okay, so even though he killed him, killed her, I hope, M- I know this is hard to say because this is like once again, fictional show. I hope MK understands that Sonny was just following old Quinn's orders. And you we know? don't even know if that vision was truthful. Yeah, exactly. So That's why I'm hoping I don't get tricked again. You know? Yeah, I I don't know exactly what what's going to end up occurring because I mean, that could have been a vision planted by the master to get MK to kill Sonny because possibly Sonny's an even bigger dark chi like holder that than MK. Be, that would be fucking epic, dude. That yeah, would be I mean, epic. I mean, we could we could talk about that later on in the season, but I mean, that would be really cool to see the master see this this weapon in MK. And she knows about Sonny. Nobody else does except mm-hmm. for right now, of course. Yeah. But she turns MK into like this heat-seeking missile to go directly <laughs> after Sonny and kill him before he realizes that he has this power. Yeah, because we know that now that the Dark Chi went right into MK, when he wakes up, he's going to be like, Fuck this! And just like... <laughs> bending the bars like Lou Ferrigno is the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> you don't want to see me angry. <laughs> So uh, I mean, but where does that leave us with uh, with Sonny? I mean, he's trying to get Henry out to you know the, the this crazy witch. He's to got to find figure out mad, what's wrong. He's got to find the mad witch to relieve Henry, and it's going to be interesting to see if it turns out the mad witch is um ah uh, oh my gosh Cressida Cressida, and because we ended on Cressida in the episode when yeah. she was, yeah. During the ceremony, she was essentially suspended by her back. I thought that was a very interesting shot. This didn't have any fighting, but the gore effect on this was wince-inducing. When they were putting the hooks in her back, and Uh they showed really... It was like, ooh! ah, Yeah, I mean, a huge shout-out to the special effects group. Because, I mean, when you see the hook go in, you can actually see it under the skin. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of... I mean, we've talked about this show being gory before, but this was actually... Up close and personal. Right. This was not just, you know, severed arms, severed legs. I mean, this was ceremonial gore. Yeah. So <laughs> ceremonial it, gore. I like that. I mean, it, it was cool to it see. Was. It was. But I, mean, <coughs> I would I would think it would be really cool to see that the Mad Witch is actually Cressida. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that she would it, would, it would add a whole different dynamic to her backstory. Yeah. So. Right. It, would, it would, that would rock the Badlands, too. I'm excited where... That's one thing about this episode where I'm had a little bit drawn. I wanted a little bit more action. I was, yeah, me too. Uh, it it went places where it didn't, where I wasn't expecting it to go with all the connections and the revealing, like this Daniel Moon, well, kind of has a thing for Lydia, and I think is back in play too, which I hope so because that'd be really another what side do you lie mm-hmm. on type thing. Yeah, because I mean she's. He's he's loyal to the widow as a regent, but he's still kind of romantically loyal to Lydia. Right. So, so I think that's going to be a lot of good dynamics. This episode, it was a slower episode, but it put a lot of pieces into play. 
I'm like I said earlier, I'm glad it didn't go really creepy, you know, because <laughs> like that would have been unnecessary. You know what I'm saying? Over the top creep factor. Yeah, for creepy for being creepy. I mean, we were. I understand we already got a chick being impaled by her back, being drawn up by things. But I've been to shows that I've seen stuff like that before. Like not on that grand of a scale because well, that'd yeah. be dope. But like. I'm just glad it, I I don't want to see like some Norman Bates kung fu treachery shit going yeah, on. Yeah, that that would be a little too over the top it for this be, show. It would, I think it would cheapen it, you know. So, but I'm glad that it's not. But it left a lot of good questions, a lot of good, a lot of players on the board. Now, I'm really excited to see what happens next. I am too. I mean, we we caught the little snippet of what happens in in the next episode. And we see more interaction between Nathaniel Moon and Lydia. Mm-hmm. We see more interaction with the Widow and MK. And mm-hmm. we we get a teaser of Iron Rabbit actually yeah. coming face-to-face with the Widow again. So I think that's going to be epic. Yeah. Because we already saw the Widow kick her ass one time. I don't think it's going to happen again. Yeah. I think Iron Rabbit's a little bit too, I don't know, too advanced at this point. Mm-hmm. So it, it is. It's going to be really interesting to see it. I, I, I cannot wait. I mean, we've said this before. Each episode is continuing to build, and that's one of the things that, you know, you and I are, are huge, huge fanatics for the action aspect of it. But now it's it's actually turning out to be a better story-driven show as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's definitely being uh, a benefit for this type of show. Yeah, I think it's going to get more viewers that way. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping the the pace uh, the the places that these characters are going to go wind up being like just an epic battle of monstrous proportions it's really drawing me into it this episode i'm i don't know i'm still trying to you know process of what i liked it but not a hundred percent on board with a lot of things okay well then like we do on all of our episodes yeah then, how would you rate this one on a scale of one to ten ten being the highest i'm gonna go i'm gonna go about a six and a half Okay. Because I wanted a little bit more. I'm interested in more what's coming up. But I just think, like, let's see what happens next. Yeah, and I'm going to go around six, six and a half, the same as you. Because I think a lot of what they're doing is they're building more of a foundational story. Yeah. As for the pilgrim and whatnot. But here's the thing. I'm feeling that that my score, even though that's my score, it still should be a little bit, it's lower. It needs to be a little bit more, but I don't wouldn't feel comfortable making it to seven. No, I'm I'm completely with you. You know what I'm I mean? Saying? Because this was this I was more. To, I want yeah, it's more story, right? And with you're not with and with an action series, you want a little bit more action. And I exactly. think we got some really good stuff with Nathaniel Moon and NK, and we did a lot of good tension building with um, the Lydia story. I mean, the Lydia um, Nathaniel Moon. Will they? Won't they fight? Uh-huh. I found it really interesting with the um, love aspect. I something about I think I think what's creep I think what's kidding me is the creep out factor. I keep coming back to that. That's scoring you a little low. Yeah, I think like that whole if they would have just made it like because they, they kept it so ambiguous. Yes. Where I don't know what's there because like I said earlier I th- I didn't know if there was the wife. I didn't know if it was the mother. I didn't know, know if they were sister. I don't know. And then for it to get really, because she's like, come to me. Woof. And her dress opens up like that. And she, that's where I was like, where is this going to go? You know? And like, 
Give me your power. But, but thank God it didn't go like uber, yes. uber creepy. Like yes. she didn't go butt ass naked or yes. anything like that. I mean, she right. Was, she she wanted to experience, I guess, the ceremonial gore. Right. And, but, so and she the wished suspension me, and, piece of mm, it. Yeah. Know. So that's why. And But I keep coming back to the, I'm that creep factor. I think now that I'm I now that I pinpointed it, I'm more comfortable giving it a higher score <laughs> because I see I now know like okay, it would have got a lot of higher score if it didn't give me the heebie-jeebies. So yeah, it's six point five for me. All right, so you're gonna go six point five. I'm gonna go with a <laughs> with, with a soft six, hard yeah. six point five. So we're we're gonna go and leave it about there. I do want to remind everybody that we will be coming back next week when we talk chapter nineteen of AMC's Into the Badlands. But on behalf of my co-host, Genius McGee, I'm Dustin P. And I'm going to go take a shower. 